0: Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. It's brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Together we encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, Sitting around the table here for another discussion Uh, is uh, Tim Angeli, lead pastor here at the church, Matt Bates, music and media pastor, Scott Slater, family pastor, and I'm Spencer Snow, the discipleship pastor here at MMBC. Um, We're wrapping up today, uh, I I guess it's been 10 parts, of uh, progressive Christianity, Uh, walking through the 10 commandments of progressive Christianity. And so here is Pastor Scott. You're going to lead us to our last commandment, correct?
1: Yep. So our our 10th commandment of progressive Christianity is strangely – like we've one of the things we've been talking about is that in all of these commandments, they've been statements that have grains of truth embedded in them, and so it makes them kind of sneaky, and we need to interact with the truth embedded in them, but also we've been trying to expose how they've actually led people astray. This commandment more than any other, is actually probably the most honest and straightforward statement that progressive Christians would would make, and that is, uh, the Tenth Commandment is, life in this world is more important than the afterlife. And so they unashamedly would make that claim, and that's actually them being very honest. Um, There's not, I don't think we would say there's very much a grain of truth in that, but it goes to show, like that truth, at least what they that what they believe there reveals a lot of why they believe what they do about other things, and so uh, I've been referencing Instagram posts um, to kind of go through a lot of these, and and this is one that I think demonstrates where they might not explicitly say this. That the, this life is more important than the afterlife, but it is a clear indication of what they believe about that. And so this person just has a post that is an image with words on it that says, We are born to make manifest the glory of the sacred that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others hmm. that was posted by a church uh, a church account to do this but essentially and the the description under it they have it says that this is an oldie but a goodie let your light shine and make the world a better place if if progressive christians have a kind of a mantra or a mission that they see their church having it is that they exist to make the world a better place. And so you don't have to be concerned with the afterlife to do that. Um, hmm. So yeah, that that's the tenth commandment. What do you guys?
2: It's very post
3: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, my mind goes in a lot of places. Like, I feel like church. I, I feel like that's not new. I guess maybe saying this life is more important than the afterlife is maybe newer, but. I feel like churches for a while now have been just saying they want to impact culture or change culture or do this, you know, and so let's get into this city, have a big church, and we will impact culture. And I think it's, I think it's failed pretty miserably. Uh, can look back and say, what have you changed culturally? Now that's not the, that's not what we would say the church's job is the church the church's job is not to impact culture. We are to glorify God. We are to worship him. We are to preach and teach his word. We are to continue to observe Lord's Supper, baptism. That's what the church does. Um, I think as individual Christians live out their faith, you could see culture impacted uh, you know, in different ways because you should care for people, you should love people, and so that should have some sort of impact, I would say, on culture, um, but the church has been doing that a long time, so it's not it's not new, I guess, to progressive Christianity. Uh, but they just make it kind of come out to say that's like almost like that's one of their main goals. It seems like, which I don't know if churches before would say that's their main goal mm-hmm. was to just impact culture.
1: Well, I think the difference you see is that for a church that would be considered a progressive Christian church is that this is the only like impacting culture. I think what you're referencing when you talk about that is doing good things like fighting for social causes yeah like that's the only thing there is left Mm -hmm. if there's no afterlife the only thing that you have left to do is to try to make people's lives here on earth who are oppressed in some way to make their life easier or better Mm -hmm. which is interesting because if there's no
3: i mean they're not saying there's no afterlife right
1: not explicitly but (laughs) i think what it reveals is that if there is an afterlife it's not something you should be worried about
0: you can have your best afterlife now. I know, but that I guess that's what I where I would go is if
3: knowing human nature, if I'm going to teach there is no afterlife, why would I care about doing good things for all the people? I wanted I want what's yeah, best for me. Th-
2: that even breaks down in like a workspace salvation.
3: Yeah. You know. I mean I I I want to do what's best for me. You don't have food? Well toughen up, dude. That's your fault. I do. I earned this. You know, I mean, right. yeah. I don't I don't it seems like that's kind of backwards. Uh, to me there mm-hmm. so i guess we'd get into other discussions though you know if you don't believe in god where's morality how's morality yeah. come about mm-hmm. i'm sure there's some philosophers much smarter than us who debated that and talked about it but mm-hmm. uh i get what they're saying though um to an extent where uh, if you think about it from like a biblical standpoint um, you don't want to minimize what we will be doing in heaven which is worshiping God forever, which is actually the greatest thing we can do, Yeah, is worship and glorify him. And we'll be doing that forever. And so what I am about to say, I I don't want to minimize that because that is the greatest good. But God has given us, we see scripturally, um, a time on earth, Ecclesiastes. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die, right? There's a time to plant. There's a time to pluck what is planted. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to laugh, dance, all these things. So we see that God has given us life And then we read in the New Testament where Paul talks about using the life you have, right? He talks about training yourself in in godliness and being a part of a church and uh, how you discipline yourself. He talks about all these things, and we see it in in his life and in other people's lives who go and they serve, and uh, we see all kinds of commands that we are called to do. And so the life that God has given us, however long— what does it say? It's like 70 years in scripture. So is that Proverbs or, or is that Psalms? My Psalm. reason of
0: strength. Yeah. 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 And,
3: Song of Moses. And so we have this life that we are given and we should use it to glorify God, to honor him. And part of that is love your neighbor. Uh, part of that is care about orphans and widows. You know, uh, you can go to other things where he tells us some things to do that we should go And do, and so does this life matter? Yeah, and I'm only given one, and so I should treat it as such, you know, waking up every day thinking this is my life, my one life, this could be my last day, I don't know, I'm going to live it to the fullest, meaning I'm going to honor God, and this is how he's told me to do it. Mm -hmm. And that thing, I would say there's a grain of truth in what they're saying, because what you do is important here, Mm -hmm. very important. Yeah. But I don't say that again to minimize what we'll be doing in heaven. Yeah.
2: yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. But isn't the culmination of the Christian faith eternity? Spending eternity with Christ.
3: Yeah. All run for the prize, right? Yeah. (laughs) The the prize that's what you're running for is the prize. The prize is spending eternity
2: with with him. In a place where like all things are made new, Mm -hmm. sin no longer has dominion over You know, flesh.
3: No more weeping. Right. No more hurting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we as Christians have a place to say that caring for people's physical and material needs are outside of the scope of our mandate. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have clear places in Scripture. Tim, you referenced one earlier, James chapter 1, verse 27, when he writes, um, I just lost it, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And also in Galatians chapter 2, when Paul is talking about his ministry as an apostle and interacting with the other apostles, it says, On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, and he goes on, When James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave me the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the gentiles and they to the circumcised only they asked us to remember the poor the very thing i was eager to do mm. and so it's like throughout christian history there has always been you know groups of christians when they i guess i can't say traditionally but when they would go to a new area that like uh, the the start of hospitals mm. or schools were christian historically started by christians yeah to to deal with these various issues but it was never to the neglect of the spiritual needs of the people yeah that yeah. were that they were seeking to sure. minister to
3: i think that's an important point too that's not the mission of the church to go and start hospitals right that's not the mission of the church to go and feed the poor you know help the poor and all that that is yeah. the job of christians yeah as uh, a which, result of which is a result of the church being the church right so they come in you sit under the teaching of the word of God, you have the ordinances, you do these things. This is what the church is held to, but it's also not wrong though. If a church then helps widows, if a church has some sort of structure in place to help orphans, if, if a church started an orphanage, awesome. Mm-hmm. But if all of a sudden it just becomes the orphanage and it's not really church anymore, you know, well, we're living it out. Cause that's mm-hmm. what, no, you've, you've misplaced it. Right. Again, individual Christians can go and do this, and that's a great task, but you can't, like you said, lose focus mm-hmm. of actually the mission of the yeah. of the church. Yeah, that was one of the things that stood out to me. I mean,
1: even last night, this is the Monday after we had our missionary partners, the Lasadas, mm-hmm. come and share with us. That was one of the things that was encouraging about their presentation that they were talking about was you know, they're serving children who have been trafficked sexually and who have been exploited online. And their mission is to serve these kids, to provide a home for them, to help them with their education. But they even said last night their their purpose and what their ultimate goal is, is to see these kids come into relationship with Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, I guess, just what I'm trying to say is, like historically, the church has tried to do both. Yeah. And I feel like what you see here in progressive Christianity, because of other reasons, they're only hanging on to the social causes. Okay. And they're they're missing now the fact that we actually have a more eternal perspective.
3: yeah, something pretty relevant is uh in adoption agencies uh, who have been backed some way financially by the government has had to change some of their uh, statements of faith because if within their statement of faith this adoption agency said, we will not adopt a child to a homosexual couple. Then they were going to lose funds, and mm-hmm. so actually, the the biggest organization who did adoptions in the country, a Christian company, had to make a decision of what they're going to do. And they said, they gave it. They said, okay, we got to keep doing the money because this work is more important than this. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem, mm-hmm. right? That okay, you're giving into biblical standards to keep getting money because you're saying this work you are doing is actually more important than what the Word of God says. And it, what it is is they're falling into the trap of what we're talking about here with this last thing. That, mm. That's exactly what's happening. And uh, I know um, some universities have been scared of that, like some seminaries and stuff. Who with financial aid and some different things, like we might have to change. Yeah, you might. And what what are you going to do? You know, where are you going to stand? Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to do what's right in the world's eyes, or are you going to do what's right according to God's word? Mm. And uh, yeah, we see some people facing that. Uh, I don't know if churches will face that necessarily. It could be, you know, you got to close down or something if you're going to keep preaching this hate or something. I guess that could happen one day, but I mean, uh, that it, or, we are seeing you'll it lose your tax exempt status. Yeah, or right. It'll come in those right. ways. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So it's definitely uh, playing out before our eyes. Like I said, with that with that adoption one, and I think it's hard. It is hard because I don't know. I mean. With with the fun with the means that we have, like take take our church for for instance, the means that we have to say, just come here. We're gonna preach. We're gonna sing. You're gonna go. We're not gonna see you the rest of the week. I don't know then if we're really doing justice of of being good stewards of everything God has given us, because we do have the ability to do more. And so, being able to feed the hungry, if we can do that, well, let's do it. Yet yeah, let's keep our focus. But that's okay. Or like for me, I would love to see more people in our church get involved in foster care system or adoption it's something we can do you know get them into your home you got a loving home let's do yeah it hurts sometimes whatever i don't want to put that mandate on the church though as the pastor just because maybe i feel that way mm-hmm. but i would i'd love to be able to stand up and say this is what you have to do if you want to really love the <laughs> lord go do this and and maybe if i did that it would solve some problems within our county like kids would get adopted or whatever mm-hmm but I that's just not it's not our role. Mm-hmm. You know. But you're, there's going to
2: be people in the church that have that prick in their heart. Yeah. for fostering, you know. Yeah, and I'm and that's cool. And just that yeah. just comes from being a Christian. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, th- I I do think there is some weight to saying that if there are explicit examples in scripture of Christians being called to do something like caring for orphans and widows. There I we probably I guess I don't know what you guys would think about this but We probably do have a little bit of warrant in encouraging people as Christians to try to take part in that ministry somehow.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would question, I think we'd have to do some study, orphans and widows within the church. Is he talking about there, like within the body there? Is it Mm -hmm. talking about in population? Because I'm I'm guessing, as James wrote that, the church wasn't like this huge church with all kinds of money. So it might have been more like within your group here. Mm Mm-hmm care for the widows, care for the orphans, make sure they're being fed, make sure they're being cared for. Well, Israel was dispersed at that time. Yeah. So And so I think you'd have to be careful about mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk about that like here at our church. That's part of the role of uh, being a deacon. Check on the widows, check on those, uh, make sure they don't have any need. Or we would include shut-ins or something like that uh, with that. I currently the orphan thing like within our church can't really think i mean i know maybe you have some grandparents who have took in their grandchildren for whatever reason Mm -hmm. to care for them and to love on them um yeah i think that would be maybe where we'd have to be careful to just put a blanket statement like it says Mm -hmm. orphan widows.
0: so go do it all Mm -hmm. Uh it's kind of like anybody that's in your setting that's in the on the margins Mm -hmm. right um That could include Lions fans, probably. (laughs) Probably could include... Another heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah. We could take care of the Lions fans, too. They're grieving.
2: Snatching defeat from the hands of (laughs) victory. Does that mean we need to start a counseling ministry?
0: (laughs) Yeah, for the Lions. Um, (laughs) There's no helping. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing you could say. Yeah, yeah, that's a... Well, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that'll make the next world so much better, I think. Do you just lions. sit there and wait for a time yeah, to insert the lines? I do. Okay. Those <laughs> are do. the notes. Those are the notes <laughs> he writes. I scribble on his down paper. <laughs> jokes as I'm sitting here. Now, one of the things, too, that comes to my mind is that a statement, I mean, a sentiment like this, I also think about the setting um, <clears throat> in which it arises. Progressive Christianity is a very Western thing. And so it, it arises in a society that, overall, is prosperous, safe, economically stable compared to other places in the world. Um, we have COVID, but we don't have you know we don't have like a like a breakout of of some disease like they might have in Africa or whatever. We d- we have a lot of material blessings. And so I do think also it's worth worth at least noting that a sentiment like this where life in this world is more important than the next is coming from the is arising from a a movement that has arisen within great cultural wealth in this world. And so I wonder how people in poorer situations think about this world and the next world they might be thinking, you know what, if this is all this world has, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next world. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's something also to note. That's um, a really good point. Because I think the, the believers suffering in China, uh, Christians, our brothers and sisters, and you know, a lot of conservative Christians in Africa, um, they probably would have a little bit of nuance to this discussion about how good and how, I mean, and they're trying to take care of each other as well. It's not like they're neglecting the poor or the orphans or the widows. They're probably, they're probably in a much closer situation to the new Testament church than even we are. We're blessed to have a, a government security net uh, of sorts as well. That, that is helpful for, for people in those situations in our society. They don't have that. I don't think as much. So, um, I think that's that's one of the things is this, this, this sentiment seems to not be totally honest about the reality of suffering and sin in the world, that you're not going to be able to escape that. And that's what makes this world, that actually is what makes this world bearable for those people is the knowing that the next world is coming. Mm-hmm. And this world does matter, even though I'm suffering, mm-hmm. it, the next world is good. So that makes what I do in this world count. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also part of the discussion is if, there, if the next world isn't that important, but we as Christians would realize the next world is what gives this world its value in a sense. It makes this stuff important. Mm-hmm. It makes these people valuable. It makes the people that I'm helping valuable because they're not simply going to stay here in this world. The people that I'm going to help are going to live eternally in heaven or hell one place or the other uh cs lewis has that great uh, has a phrase where he says you know if you could see what a human being is um well, I basically either extremely glorious and full of beauty for the you know going to heaven or something horrible when he's talking about um being handed over into hell his point is is that is to to help us to see the significance of being a human being made in God's image, being an eternal being in that sense, going to spend eternity somewhere. And I think that actually would help increase your care for your fellow men because they're not just a piece of dirt that are going to rise up and go back down to the ground. They have the breath of the living God in them and they're made in his image and they're eternal. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that just adds more weight to their concern, not less. Um, So, I, and also, I mean, just from a historical perspective, societies that have, ad, have that have really embraced this have not really done a great job of helping people in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been Christian societies that have been culturally Christian that have actually done the most to help people in need. Um, Soviet Russia was atheist, and they were all about this world, but they didn't do a lot of good. And there's a lot of suffering that that created. So, um, there's just a lot of uh, quickly jettisoning, jet, j- not a lot of, uh, I don't think, very good perception and, and wisdom and uh, understanding of the way the world really works. Some naivete, I think, at work here. Doesn't mm-hmm. the parable that Jesus talks about, like if you find a treasure in a
3: field, that you go and get everything together so that you can buy that field? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. You want to buy that field. Why? Because there's a great, vast treasure in that field, and it kind of shows. To me, the that parable, the difference of the value of this life versus that eternal life that's being talked about there, mm-hmm. and it seems like they're trying to flip the script a little. Right,
0: bit. Right,
1: right. I mean, yes, what you're saying. You know, the the interesting and that there's always irony in all of these ten commandments of progressing progressive Christianity. The irony in this one is, in other commandments, they they say that they are trying to follow the words that Jesus has said, and the teaching of Jesus, as opposed to Paul or Moses in the Old Testament. Uh Uh But they're they're trying to hone in on and say, like, well, what would Jesus do? Well, the ironic thing is that Jesus seemed a lot more concerned with the afterlife than this life, right? So I have a couple of passages here, but he said this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, Verse 19, Do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. So not only does that reveal what Jesus prioritized in terms of treasures, he also he also kind of condemns progressive Christians. If you want to put more emphasis on this world and on this life than you are the next, well, that actually reveals where your heart is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That reveals what you truly value and you truly love. He also said this in Matthew 10, 28. He said, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul Mm -hmm. and body in hell. Now, a progressive Christian I don't think would accept that even though it is what Jesus said. Because they deny the existence of hell and of God's judgment. And so, but there again, Jesus is saying, who should you fear? Not people here on earth who can do you harm. Not those who can cause social justice or injustice, but rather fear the justice of God. Because it's not just your life here, your physical life. It's also your soul. Whereas, I don't think a progressive Christian, like, what they're having to say based on this 10th commandment is your soul is not what's important yeah. mm-hmm. your physical mm-hmm. earthly life is what is important and then the last verse that you know we all know that is preached so often when in John 3:16 when Jesus said for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life eternal life mm-hmm. That's talking about the afterlife, right. and so Jesus says, this is the very reason for which I have been sent, mm-hmm. not for your life now, but for your eternal life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so the ironic thing is is that as much as they like to try to take Jesus' words and put them on their side and use them to support what they believe, it just goes to show really all progressive Christians are doing is picking and choosing which parts of what Jesus taught they want to believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you think about Jesus too. I mean, if Jesus had wanted to believe this principle, he would have always been multiplying the bread Mm -hmm. and always, I mean, Mm -hmm. and part of the reason he does miracles um, to, uh, you know, he heals people and things like that. He did that. I mean, obviously because of a sign to show who he was in his person as the God-man, but also he did it because he was genuinely compassionate to people, even in their physical circumstances. He genuinely cared for people who were suffering physically and who were sick or who had died. Um, so, that's also a component. But Jesus also, right after he makes the uh, feeds the 5,000, he calls the crowds to him and says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that that endures to eternal life. Same point you were making, Scott. So Jesus himself, not simply his words, like you were saying, but then also his whole life and ministry follows this pattern of, because I came primarily to give you eternal life, I'm also here showing you compassion in the here and now. So Jesus did both as the Savior, but his primary focus was always to to draw us to the next world, Mm -hmm. to get us to heaven.
1: Yeah, and he rebuked people. Yeah. At one point for coming only for the bread. Yes. They came only because they ate their fill of the loaves.
0: Yep. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Yeah, I was trying to find that reference that I was just doing. I couldn't. I didn't say it. I don't know where it is. It's in Matthew.
0: What is it? When he said they just come for the loaves, they're just coming to eat. Oh, I think it's here in John 6. Yeah, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill Mm -hmm. of the loaves. Yeah. Yeah, he says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's it's a it's a good reminder too, Scott, like you said, that um at the very end, this is a blatant example where they are um selectively picking the parts of Jesus they want and the parts they, they don't want. Um and so that's a good reminder to all of us that we have to accept I think I said this earlier today, Christianity is like an enchilada or a burrito. You have to take the whole enchilada. (laughs) You can't pick and choose. You can't get it without beans. You can't get it without the cheese. You got to get the salsa verde. (laughs) And I like salsa verde, but you have to have the whole thing. And um, you can't change Jesus. You have to accept him for who he is or reject him. You can't make another one up. So anyway, I'm going to try because I'm mastering this board.
3: And that's what we kind of talked about at the beginning, though, a little bit, was there are some people who deconstruct, but they do it in an honest way because they say, I don't believe in this anymore. Yeah. The air issue, mm-hmm. I think, are those deconstructing, but in a way saying, almost like they're trying to reform the faith. They're doing like mm-hmm. a new reformation in right. their mind, mm-hmm. uh, but theirs isn't centered on the word. Theirs is very man-centered. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've seen through these, through these 10 commandments is the man centeredness, but it seems so loving, you know, it seems so caring. I mean, even Spencer saying that you got to take the whole burrito. That sounds unloving to our culture. What restaurant do you go to now where they say you can't, no, every, every app says customize. Yeah. Yeah. Everything does. It's you know, if you actually care right, about your customer, if you care the,
2: about people. The beans all the time. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 nope, that's wrong. Not that's at wrong. Spencer's house. <laughs> not at Spencer's you got to take the whole thing.
0: <laughs> Eat it. Eat all. it all. <laughs> Eat all. I'm going to deep fry that thing. <laughs> We're all going to sit here and watch you until you're done. <laughs> Here's some Cholula, though. You can add some hot Ooh, sauce to it, though, yeah, though if you yeah, want to. Yeah. But, I mean,
1: that's the culture we're in. and Right. And the only reason I can think of that somebody would try to hang on to the label Christian, yet take away every Christian element to it, is because they want their life to still have some kind of purpose. Mm-hmm. They still want to have some kind of basis, as inconsistent as it might be. You know, they find themselves, yeah, I've deconstructed from the faith, but... What's my basis for why I should be good now? Mm-hmm. For why I should be kind to people? I have no basis. Right. And so, what they replace true Christianity with is a shell of Christianity that's very surface level. And mm-hmm. as we've pointed out time and time again, inconsistent and ironic. And
3: I wonder how much of it is for them to like appease parents, appease their culture. I wonder how much of this is in the South versus in the North or these different areas where it's like it's easier for me to still say I'm a Christian. I just disagree with a few things, but Mm. so my, I can still go to Christmas, you know, my family's not Mm -hmm. extremely ticked at me. I just wonder how much that plays into a lot of this, because I think a lot of it, a lot of the reason people go progressive is because one of their children come out as homosexual or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, at least what I see that usually is a big part and so they're like I don't want to get rid of all this mm-hmm. but I want to accept them and still love them and them yeah. to be a part of us um, so there's just give, this giving in mm-hmm. uh, yeah I don't I don't know if they've done studies on that probably not yeah, to yeah, get I'd, Barna I have to get Barna on that but
1: <laughs> yeah I don't that, would, that kind of study would be hard to do because yeah, again there is yeah. no progressive Christian denomination right you know it's, it's right. hard to study that you'd have to <laughs>
0: Well,
2: <laughs> there's some denominations I think we could say. Yeah, I know, but yeah. yeah. I yeah.
3: think
0: one's yeah. getting ready to split, right? Isn't oh, the United, Methodists? Uh, United Methodists? That's yeah, like what UNC. their big split's over. Yeah, yep. it's funny. Yeah, like we pointed out, the Africans, Yeah, it's the, uh, the Africans or the conservatives, and so they're <laughs> actually split, but they're actually a part of the United Methodist denomination, yeah. and so they're going to split it. And, Which, that's, yeah.
1: a, that's really interesting that that's Not where so the split United. is occurring based on what you said. I mean, I don't want to make any assumptions of somebody just because they live in Africa. Right. But like, you know, my general inclination would be that those are not necessarily Western. Right. Wealthy uh, congregations and churches.
0: Right. As opposed to where you see Methodism here. Mm. Right. Well, it's funny because I heard um, just recently, there's a, an Anglican denomination in the U S that's a conservative one had come out with a statement on human sexuality that was, you know, fairly conservative, but the Nigerian Bishop, of the of the Anglican church over there right he's got tons of people that are actually underneath him he came out and rebuked the Americans for being basically too soft
3: oh really and yeah and so it's <laughs> funny
0: though because like he's over there in Nigeria right where they've got Muslim extremists mm-hmm. Christians yeah. actually getting killed sure. and he's saying you guys are a little too soft on this and mm-hmm. the people and the Anglicans over here they're thinking we're we're trying to be pretty conservative. ball well, you know, I mean, that, it's just kind of funny though, different perspectives, right? He's, yeah, yeah. he's over there and it's like, we don't, you know, it, I think you're right. Different places where you're at, we don't realize how influenced we are by, by society. And so it's a good reminder to have brothers and sisters in Africa to, uh, help us to read the Bible as well. Not because there's some superior insight they have, but maybe we have been blinded somewhat by our culture mm-hmm. as, as we all are, I think to some extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to press this button and uh, hope the intro starts. Or is this, is it, I press the same mm-hmm. thing here? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then you'll have to pull the volume up just slowly. 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 Boom. Spencer's learning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're getting it. There, there we go. go, man. All right. Thanks so much for listening um, uh, to Pastors of the Roundtable. We hope it's been encouraging to you. Uh, Next episode, we will be starting a new series, I think, right? Is this the last one? So I think we're going to look at Christian denominations. So buckle up and get ready. Mm -hmm. Buckle up, buttercup. (laughs) Buckle up, buttercup. (laughs) Bye-bye.